0: Welcome to Zadzook's Happy Hour, episode one. In the new podcast, we talk film, television, console and mobile games, and technology. Today, we discuss the aftermath of the Ghostbusters movie, Suicide Squad's shaky reviews but monster box office weekend, and some of the latest trailers to come out of Comic-Con. We'll review Batman the Killing Joke, and we may even throw in some commentary about the new upcoming R-rated animated film, Sausage Party. My name is Todd Stoll, and I'm joined by 25-year veteran reporter covering pop culture, video games, and technology for the Washington Times, Joseph
1: Sedkowski. Okay, am I supposed to talk now? You're supposed to talk. Okay, that's great. Yeah, it's great. But it's... The, the best part about this is, and, and the reason I'm even starting to do this is because I went with someone I know. His name's Todd to a Ghostbusters movie. I'm sorry, my cutting. I'm going in the wrong order. You that's can great. go whatever order you want to go. That's in. fine. I went to this Ghostbusters movie. I don't even really care about the Ghostbusters, but he was such a super fan, and I had to see the look on his face when I sat next to him, watched the movie, and I got to say, he kind of like, the blood drained from his face pretty quickly in the movie, right at the start, and I'd love to know what he thought about it. Well,
0: I like the cast. I actually thought the cast had a lot of chemistry. I don't know what you thought, but... You got to be kidding. <laughs> I thought that I thought that on, their on-screen presence together was fine. Right. But the writing for them was not so great. Specifically, specifically uh, well, I think Kate McKenna's character unfortunately had a lot of potential and just felt flat
1: for So, me. like I had read an article in I think it, about Atlantic or something and and supposedly that character was written based on Harpo Marx you have any oh, context really? to that? Really? Yeah. Do you understand that now? Really? Did you notice she was always smiling Ugh. and kind of grunting, even though Harpo never grunted, but she was always smiling a little bit and had that wry smile, like she knew everything. Yeah. Like Harpo? Yeah, okay. All right. At, at no point did she lift her leg and put it in someone's hand, like they usually did But... Yeah. Does I, that work better for you now? doesn't work for me at all. It doesn't work for me. I mean... It, There was definitely a point,
0: and spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen it and really wants to. No one's going to go see it now. (laughs) Where the logo pops up because they decide that that's who they're going to fight. And it's the cartoon logo from the real Ghostbusters. And when it turned into this weird Mickey Mouse animation inside a movie, I literally had this feeling of I need to get up and leave now. This is not – this does not fall in line with the Ghostbusters – uh, franchise at all in the way that they did it there was really no animation it was meant to be kind of these like puppety looking ghosts that were either you know messing with people or just looked terrifying and in this case it was an animation that turned into the bad guy and it was just really odd um, i don't really ca- the, the whole slimer thing i don't really care that much about the female slimer was whatever it's fine it just didn't really follow the mold of the traditional ghostbusters movies if it was an attempt to be a remake it wasn't really a remake it was an attempt to do something completely different reimagining i hate that word <sighs> i don't even know if you would say that but it just uh, i don't know i had a, i think you know i thought a lot about it afterwards which is sad that i thought a lot about it afterwards but i will say that what really I think bummed me the most was that the original two movies, there was sort of they were they were there to help someone and in this movie, they weren't. I mean, I guess you could say they were helping Chris Hemsworth to a certain extent, but there just wasn't that dynamic of kind of teaming up together to help someone. It was sort of, hey, let's try to screw around with these new gadgets and see so what happens.
1: I don't know how you put four women on screen that are that funny and have that few laughs. Well, I, did, the I, course, did, I don't
0: think I laughed at all. Maybe All at right. Hemsworth and once, once again, or twice. I'll go back
1: to Kate McKinnon, very funny woman. Always, what happened? They gave her no dialogue,
0: right? No, it was just bad writing. I think. I think. I think if it had if it had been a different script or a modified script, um, and you know who knows? I mean, they are close enough to maybe making budget, so you know the studio might determine they want to make a second movie. Maybe the second movie they'll kind of have their their legs. I think it was overly hyped. There was a lot of bad press about it. It was a fine blockbuster movie in the sense of, you know, it certainly drew an audience. But I think it had a lot of problems with it. And I think the edit also maybe wasn't that great. I've also heard there's maybe like a 30 or 40 minute longer DVD edition, really? which I guess Paul Feig is known to do. And I wonder if that really adds in the, the elements that maybe were cut and just didn't make it as funny. It just wasn't. You know, if you're comparing the movies, it didn't have that dry sense of humor with, you know, it, everything was meant to be a joke. And it wasn't really what I felt like it was. You know, it wasn't a real Ghostbusters movie for me. It was very different. And I really I really thought that on screen, the female characters look great. I really do. I just think the writing just kind of was subpar and it made it hard to
1: watch. So if this was, um, if Ghostbusters never existed in your childhood and this was the first time it ever came out, would you have thought differently? And that may be an impossible question to answer. I probably would have rolled my eyes and been like, this looks stupid and not gone to it. You would probably would have, was it really a kiddie movie? Almost.
0: I mean, they definitely, the second movie, the reason why it sucks so much is because they made it into a kid movie. Whereas the first one, it was PG-13, but there's like, you know... Yeah, but some pretty any, crazy stuff going anytime on. Anytime
1: Bill Murray's on screen in his prime, even post prime, he's usually pretty funny. Once again, though, he may, they managed to mess that up, didn't they?
0: Well, and Honest Trailers did a pretty good Ghostbusters 2 where they're talking about how two is the same as one, with the exception of the second one sucks, and it's right, kind of right, true. Right. Um, was the, was this one better than Ghostbusters two? Probably, I mean, Ghostbusters 2 was pretty rough. I mean, it was not a good movie at all. Right, right. The cameos I could have done without, honestly. I just feel like if these guys showed up to do a cameo, why didn't they just play their own characters for five minutes, hand it over and walk off? Couldn't there have
1: been been, – didn't you tell me about some different script possibilities that could have tied the old to the new?
0: I mean there's somebody that wrote a script that was really interesting where they did sort of hand it off, but it was really more of like a full blown franchise of multiple people in
1: multiple cities. Like the one Ghostbuster was stuck in the firehouse right. because Right. Just because they were babysitting. Tending the ghost Yeah. trap. Yeah. It was they were they were tending the containment unit. The
0: containment unit. Right? And you know, that I think that's way over people's heads. I actually think If they had remade the video game that they came out with in 2009, that would have been a fantastic movie. I mean, that game was great. Right. Um, It was a good script, too. Uh,
1: That's right. And that had the voices.
0: Had all the voices. Had everyone. And I don't really understand the whole why they didn't put them in it. I think it would have been a very easy – it would have appeased the original fans and sort of handed it off. And at that point, made it a little bit easier. And I'm not sure why they didn't take that direction because they sort of tried to lift everything else, like the firehouse and you know the car to a certain extent, and the, you know the proton packs and everything. So why they didn't do that? And but I mean, you know, Bill Murray did get what he wanted out of it, which he always said if he was ever in another Ghostbusters movie, he wanted to be killed off and turned into a ghost. And again, spoiler alert, he gets thrown out of a window in a Chinese food. That's their headquarters, and.
1: And That's he's it. playing more of a kind he's, of a he's James Randi character. Yeah, he's like he's a, a, you know
0: he's like a paranormal debunker. Right. Essentially, he's, he's he claims they're frauds. And so.
1: And so, so just to put some weight behind what you're saying, you have a proton pack in your closet, isn't that correct? It's partially made. Okay, so that'll tell you how big of a Ghostbusters fan Todd is. Yeah, oh well, yeah. You know. And and I have no. I have nothing I need to add to that other than i mean listen, you have you have your Star Wars. That's right. I grew
0: up slightly out of that game and Ghostbusters for me was was the Star Wars of And I've made off much better than you at this point. You have made off splendidly <laughs> That's right. with the latest versions. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. So Okay. I will say they probably will make another one. I mean, they certainly hinted at it at the end of the of this movie. It's gonna be tough, uh, I think, because who knows how much they spent on marketing? If it's only at 116 million, and they spent 144, and let's just say, with tax credits, it's 130. That doesn't include probably international marketing as well as you know right. U.S. marketing It's close so, enough. Who knows where it's going to hit at? I mean, they're trying to build a franchise out of this. Aykroyd and Ivan Reitman built an entire company within Sony to do this. And I know there's a cartoon coming out, and I would assume that they're going to continue to push it. But there's also another script with Chris Pratt and um, Channing Tatum apparently attached that's been going around. Um, But I will say, if they were to do another one, I would love to see Bill Hader in it. I think he could be a very good scientist. And I think... Anna Kendrick would also be very good in that role, as well. I think you know. I think you mix the cast up a little bit. Do you know? Do a fifty-fifty split, or they're a separate franchise. They're in Boston, or they're in LA, or something, and they merge with the group that's in New York, and that could be very interesting. Um, We'll see.
1: So all right, so let's try and squeeze one more segment in before we take a break. All right, I know you good. want to talk Suicide Squad even though neither of us have actually seen the movie which is going to make it very difficult to talk about other I, than the fact that I've seen every freaking promo and trailer and my kid who was incredibly disappointed over it um, told me more than I needed to know.
0: So why is it that it had such a poor review base? And I know there's this whole thing about Shutting down Rotten Tomatoes because the you know it has a 23% uh, tomato rating and everyone says that it's rigged and it's you know it's right. their algorithm is junk. Why is it that that movie did so poorly for the ratings, but yet was such a monster opening with 135 million?
1: So of course, critics, as we know, nobody cares what critics think. That that's the bottom line. If you can get enough word of mouth and you can get in the theater and you can just get that opening weekend sewn up and clamped down, it just takes off. You know what I mean? It's mixing the pot. You get enough people in to see it once, and you get a little bit of word of mouth, and people, I mean, what do you think the drop-off will be next week? 50, 60? (laughs) Well, I mean. What would Star Trek do? Star Trek was almost 60% drop-off. So you got to anticipate that's going to happen, right? I mean, Star Trek made 60 million in their first week, and now. How much did Suicide Squad make? Double net, right? One thirty-five, one. Right, right. Uh, I and this I is a mean, film. I don't think I'm blowing any spoilers here. Um, the Joker is not a central figure in this film. He, he's only in it in like the first half, right? If even if that. Even that, Batman makes a guest appearance, and basically, it's kind of the Harley Quinn show. At least from well, the point shot. of people wanting to see her,
0: right? And, is, and well, and people man. like Will Smith, sure. But I, yeah, I've I've heard. That there's this sort of running meme going on on the internet that Jai Courtney kind of ruined it, just like every other movie he's been in, which is kind of funny because you know he was in Terminator, didn't do very well. He was in the last Die Hard movie, which kind of everybody universally hated, even though it made a bunch of money because it's Die Hard. So they, they claim that it's it's got the Jai Courtney factor as to why everyone hates it. But, I mean, I don't know. The audience ratings say 73% liked it. So, I mean, it's obviously got to be enough of a fun ride. I mean, it's a summer movie. Sometimes these movies don't have to have depth and don't need to be like these
1: monster hits to be fun. No, I mean, Independence Day, when it came out, was not critically... Accepted. You're not talking about the second one, right? You're talking, talking about the, about the first okay, one. The second one wasn't
0: accepted That's by right. anyone. I understand. Right, that. right, right.
1: But and it became this monster hit, cult classic hit, and it still continues to this day. Enough that they had to make one this year. And and I mean, it didn't work. It's clearly going to make enough to make budget. So
0: whether or not there's a sequel to Suicide Squad, or whether they take these characters and they morph just, them just into, roll
1: them into something else, it'll right? be in the
0: DC universe. There's
1: little chance that they're just going to forget about Harley Quinn. I mean the actress made a huge impact in that role. Well, I mean even look at Jason
0: Bourne. I mean right. it's already made $103 million, and that was also critically panned for being terrible and being the worst of the franchise. So clearly most people don't really care. I mean I will say that if I go to rent something on iTunes or – you know online i might check rotten tomatoes and then also check the audience score to see whether or not it's worth renting because if it's pretty poor at that point you at least have the audience chiming in but i don't know some people who review you know films for a living typically just are kind of pissy about it in general and they hate comic book movies or they hate these sort of like right. franchises
1: was um, it would you think it was a mistake not to make it r
0: oh yeah I mean, that would have been way more fun.
1: Did you ent- figure it was going to be R based on watching the trailers and how much? I mean, I the characters and violence was happening on screen at the mean, point.
0: They should have taken a page from Deadpool, and that movie was great, and it needed to be an R. And it could
1: have used the same type of humor. There's no question, right? right? All these characters.
0: You'll never get Ryan Reynolds' humor. But, yeah, it, it should have been an R. And I think DC, because they're a little bit behind compared to Marvel, I think they're playing it safe. And they're trying to go after the mass audience. But I don't think it would have been a problem here either to do an R you know they still would bring kids to it they would just be accompanied by their parents and it would be more racy and you know probably a little bit more crazy which
1: is kind of so what we needed two films critically destroyed in a row right yeah batman v superman yeah. and and this one yep yeah. what's next do you know if there's another one coming out soon
0: <sighs> what's next i mean i know that uh, justice league justice league is coming but i i i mean let's talk about it let's talk about sausage party I mean that's
1: all right. I have absolutely no context on that, so go ahead. I don't think I even want to say that word. (laughs) Those words together.
0: I heard it was really close to NC seventeen because of the language. I hear it. What's this film about again? This is Seth Rogen's film where it's it's about food that's living, and they think that when they're bought from the grocery store and they go home with someone that they're going to heaven, and instead they they realize that they're being eaten, and it's apparently like like as one reviewer put it, it would be like as if everyone at Pixar was doing crystal meth all the time and even then the movie that they produced wouldn't be as crazy as Sausage Party. So projections on that movie I think are going to be really hard. Seth Rogen in general is kind of, he's got his fan base. He's got a huge supporting cast. Kristen Wiig is in it. I mean, Jonah Hill. There's a lot of big people who are in it. It's his typical crew. Um, I think it's it's going to be really interesting to see because an animated adult film is sort of, in some ways, a little bit of new territory. And this one apparently is a very, very, very hard R. So that's one that I think will be really interesting to watch, uh, you know, kind of coming up.
1: OK, well, let's do this. Let's take a quick break and then we'll come back with a hard animated R movie I just watched, Batman the Killing Joe. All right. We'll, so we'll be, be right, right back. back. Communities Digital News, built by the writers and editors that deliver the news 24 hours a day. Visit comdiginews.com. That's C-O-M-M-D-I-G-I-news.com. And support the next evolution in news. Hey, uh, we are back to Zabzuk's happy hour of course it's a happy hour because it's only 30 minutes yeah. and you only have to deal with Todd and I for that long yep. so next segment is we were talking about R-rated cartoons and a new one also hit theaters and also hit Blu-ray and of course that's the um, um adaptation of Alan Moore and Brian Boland's one shot from 1988 Batman the Killing Joke and critics have already been a little harsh on it uh and And basically because the creators of the cartoon decided that they needed to add more to the story to make the cartoon longer. Which, of course, makes no sense if you read the graphic novel. It's a pretty tightly well-written piece by Mr. Moore. And it kind of takes a look at the Joker's origins. And and how he became as psychotic as he did where he almost tortures Batman through his best buddies being Commissioner Gordon and Barbara Gordon and if you haven't seen it I'm not going to tell you what happens but I will tell you that there's two things that really bother me about the comic the animated adaptation and basically the first one is um, it's very difficult when you have an artist like Brian Bolin, who is so good at what he does, to translate that into an animated effort because you're always going to be disappointed because they just can't do it unless it's a motion comic. And I don't necessarily agree with motion comics, I think it's an adequate format. Have you ever seen a motion comic? Uh... Like The Watchmen, maybe? They did that. Yeah, but which one? The film or the... I'm talking about a motion comic where they actually took the books, ripped up the artwork, and made it kind of motion-like. It moved a little bit. Yeah, what was... uh, Wasn't... um, I mean, Sin City's a little bit like that, right? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. So the, the problem with that is what I would... I have been kvetching about... DC Entertainment and Warner Brothers animation handling of these PG-13 cartoons because they always look so, the artwork looks so mediocre all the time. So what I would have loved them to have done on The Killing Joke is have taken, gone to Japan, find the best anime artists, bring them together and tell them, just do something in the spirit of it. You guys could have done something. There's a there's an animated um, effort called Gotham Knights, which does a really good job of that. And uh, they could have easily done something like that, but they didn't. So we're stuck again with kind of a watered-down version of Bruce Tim, which is just not in Bruce Tim. Not even Bruce Tim in the '80s when he did the Adventures of Batman and those types of cartoons. So that's problem number one. Problem number two is they decided that the story was equally about Barbara Gordon. So for for 30 minutes into the story, we're stuck. Learning about Barbara Gordon and her infatuation with Batman, which has nothing to do with the Joker and completely ruined the entire piece for me. And I don't want to give too much away again other than I'm not sure why writer Brian Azzarello, and I hope I didn't just butcher his name, decided that he needed to put this in front of a really great story.
0: But it has Mark Hamill in it. (laughs)
1: But that was the key to this, wasn't it? Mark Hamill once again comes back between being Luke Skywalker to voice the definitive Joker. And he is great as the Joker in this. And Kevin Conroy comes back to do Batman. And Batman, uh, Kevin and Mark have been doing this a very long time. And they know how to do it. And they're very good at it. So... If you're going to get the Blu-ray, you're obviously going to rent it because I'm telling you, you're going to go – if you're a fan of this, you won't be happy. You will enjoy the extras. The extras have a couple of um, bonus cartoons from the archive, which is really great. The DC Comics archive, specifically, we're going to take a look back at um, an episode from Batman the Animated Series and the new Batman Adventures. We got one called Christmas with the Joker, which is – absolutely awesome Mark Hamill is the Joker in it and Old Wounds which is also a very good episode Uh, kind of explains how Nightwing soured on his teaming up with Batman uh, pretty much due to Batgirl so there's a nice tie in with actually the uh, main feature of the evening so it's kind of fun there now With that out of the way, let's move on to Comic-Con. And obviously the big news at Comic-Con were there always some great trailers.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I was uh, pretty excited to see some of them out there. I thought Wonder Woman looked really good. Um, Now, you can certainly chime in because I have not seen Superman versus Batman based upon a lot of recommendations.
1: But But let's go back to Wonder Woman. You're a big fan of the Star Trek reboot franchise. Was it kind of disconcerting to see Chris Pine... Well, yeah. I mean, the first reaction is, oh, hey, it's Captain Kirk. But then again. Doesn't it like confuse you? I mean, it confuses me when they change Batmans every three years. Yeah. But then again, I saw
0: him in, uh, oh, he played Jack Ryan. And uh, I don't remember. The, the, was that the name of the movie? Was it Jack Ryan? All right. So then, yeah. Well, at any rate, I was like, oh, hey, look, it's Captain Kirk playing Jack Ryan. But then again, right. I mean,
1: he just doesn't have a lot of. And he's Steve Rogers here, right? yeah i guess so he's gonna be in this for a while yeah if it's a popular movie unless they do something odd like kill him off um (laughs) (laughs) but you just don't know
0: um yeah i mean it's you always get that with it with any film i mean i think as once an actor has a lot under their belt in terms of like bigger name films like harrison ford obviously you can kind of get past he's done enough big you know uh, right. did big film I can deal with him as Han Solo, Han Solo and Indiana Jones. And he can be the president of the United sure. States telling people to get off his plane. I mean, right. sure, yeah, that, you know. I, I think the movie looks really good, actually. Um, I think uh, it's it's got a lot of potential. I think it's, you know, new territory having a You know, a female lead in a comic book movie, a true, you know, very well funded comic book movie. And I think this has a lot of potential to do really well at the box office. Yep. Um, And yeah, I'm excited to see what they do with it. I think um, maybe they'll pick up a few lessons in terms of what they cut in the Superman versus um, Batman film and they'll maybe be a little bit more liberal and leaving things in and make it a little bit longer. Which well, I think hopefully be it's better. not
1: three hours long, but if you want to watch the best Batman V Superman movie, you're going to have to get the Blu-ray because I know
0: that's what you said. You said if, if, if I were to watch it, do not watch the theatrical cut. That's watch right. Because the they, cut.
1: they gutted the point of the movie. You, you're going to have to trust me on this. A lot of the. The early scenes that were necessary to explain why both of these guys are really mad at each other or what the problem is with one another is pretty much excised. Also, the Superman character is kind of drained of his personality in the theatrical cut. And if you go with the extended version and you see his relationship with Lois, it gets a little bit easier to digest what's happening and why it's happening. So you definitely want to go so if and see that.
0: If you're going to watch Wonder Woman or Justice League, watch the extended cut. <laughs> before Super you Man, start. Batman before you get into those films, if you need a refresher. That's right. Um, speaking of Justice League, obviously the first big trailer came out of that.
1: When's that come out? 2018.
0: 2018, I think. Man, yeah, don't
1: add. I can't wait that long. 2017, maybe.
0: Uh, I don't know. You keep talking, and I'll I'll tell you.
1: Well, basically, you know, I'm a Marvel guy, so we can talk about it all you want, but I'm more excited about anything coming out Marvel-wise, which would of course be Doctor Strange. But we can keep talking about Justice League. All right, 2017.
0: I think it looks interesting. It's got a huge cast. It's going to be a monster. Uh, at the box office one way or another whether or not it's good I think it's got the potential to I don't know if it'll hit Avengers numbers but it's certainly going to be well, a, a, as
1: long as it's not oppressive it'll do yeah
0: yeah I think um I mean you look at the names that are in this movie you've got Ben Affleck you've got you know uh Henry Cavill or what is it Cavill Cavill thank you Um Ezra Miller, I think, is going to make a great Flash.
1: Yeah, maybe, but, you know, I've been watching Flash on on the television show, and that guy's pretty kick-butt. Yeah, it's really weird. It's that kind of disconcerting. Even with, uh, what's it
0: say, Superman. Yeah. Didn't really give him an opportunity to try to play that role on the big screen.
1: Right, and, I mean, I, I might be even talking out of turn, but I don't think he even appears in Supergirl. No. Which he should. But
0: it's a question of if they ever make a Supergirl movie, will it be the actress from the TV show? Not or a chance. Not a chance. Not a chance. No. So. I mean, J.K. Simmons, I think he's going to make a great Commissioner Gordon. What? Yeah. You didn't know that? Why? I don't know. I just think he's going to he, be awesome. He's such a
1: good actor. He runs the Daily Bugle. He can't possibly do that. Why is he doing that? See, this is all confusing for a guy who's been watching superhero films for 20 years. You can't keep doing that to me. Well, I'm going to see that. It's just confusing. Who was the guy who played him in Batman Superman? Who's the guy running the paper there?
0: Oh, I don't know. I didn't watch it.
1: <laughs> the movie before in Superman. Oh, oh, Superman? Yeah. I didn't watch that either. Hen- Henry. No, it wasn't him. Never mind. Okay. I'm off topic. Moving on. Doctor Strange. Well. I- I
0: think it's going to be great.
1: The perfect casting. You cannot complain about Benedict Cumberbatch.
0: Yeah. He looks I, mystical to me. He's good in everything he's in. That's right. Uh, it'll do well, I think. Lego Batman, I don't think it looks fun as hell. Is Will Arnett doing it? Yep. Michael Cera is the Joker. Or not the Joker, uh, uh, Robin. Right. Um, The trailer looks great. I mean, he's basically... Just a typical, the game was great.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean it, just, it
0: just looks good. I mean, this is really smart. The
1: Lego video games are fantastic. Well, and, so. I,
0: and I think it's smart on Lego's part because Batman was such a big hit from right. the original movie. Rather than try to make a sequel, let's do a spinoff
1: Frank, here. I'd like to see Lego Batman v Superman because an R-rated version because it would probably be better than the one we I have mean, right why now. Why not?
0: It's just it's got to take four. I don't think it would be three hours long. How long do you think it makes to? takes to make a superman or to, to make
1: a lego movie oh my i don't know it's not stop motion no it's not so it's probably pretty easy it's just computer cgi still some guy in a basement with three computers right
0: but then you know lego's got to get ready and they've got to get all their sets right. together and, and and built up so yeah
1: do we care about kong skull island
0: i mean i don't do you care about kong skull island
1: well the only reason i care about kong skull island because i was recently uh out at universal Orlando, and they had a new ride called Skull Island, Reign of Kong, which has nothing to do with the movie, but it actually has to do with kind of a adaptation of Peter Jackson's film, okay King Kong film. And the best part of that film, did you ever see that film? Probably. Okay. <laughs> the best part of that film was when they're on the island, and all these creatures are attacking them all the time. So imagine that, and you're sitting in a car, driving in... To the island. It's it's a trackless car. It's riderless. So it's like some incredible technology that the guy refused to tell me about because he just wanted to be astounded with what happened. Um, anyway, it's a cool ride. It's just opened. and uh, It's not VR. Don't, really. don't see the movie. It's, it's a 3D. 3D. Yeah. Toward the end, there's, you're going to have to put glasses on. Okay. It's a 3D movie. But basically you're stuck in a car and Kong is fighting either side of the car. That's awesome. It's pretty awesome. All right. And how many times did you ride that? I only rode it twice. Okay. Only twice. I <laughs> Which, wasn't going to be greedy about it. But you would you would highly recommend it. Well, if you're down there, I would recommend it. I would drive all the way down there just to do that. Well, I mean, sure. Okay. So you want to take another break? Let's And take then we'll great. close this sucker up?
0: Yeah, sounds good.
1: Do we write that? Communities Digital News, built by the writers and editors that deliver the news 24 hours a day. Visit comdiginews.com. That's C-O-M-M-D-I-G-I-news.com. And support the next evolution in news.
0: All right, let's close it out here. Uh, Next week, we've got some reviews coming in. Batman Realm of Shadows, the video game. Uh, We'll be talking about the Angry Birds DVD, uh, Supergirl season one on Blu-ray, and you might even have some interesting stuff. Something Star
1: Trek. Star Trek. Maybe. 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 So we appreciate you taking the time to listen. Uh, You can find me at WashingtonTimes.com/slash/ZadZoops. You can find Todd in his basement.
0: Always in my basement.
1: Looking at his wall and watching his Ecto-Mobile light
0: up. I'll be caressing my original Ghostbusters. Uh, trying figures. to complete your proto pack rock rocking back and forth just pretending that that movie didn't happen
1: excellent and you've been listening to the zadzooks happy hour now we need to find a polka at Andis. uh <laughs> something relatively close not, not a polka oh well yeah all right thanks guys dream.